0: There are three primary types of Bible translations that I'm going to discuss with you today. Those include formal equivalence, functional equivalence, and mediating or balance translations. My name is Jessica Hutton. Welcome to the Bible Study Tutor. Let's go ahead and get started. Now, the first is formal equivalence. A formal equivalence translation is also known as a literal translation or a word-for-word translation. It is an approach to translation that aims to preserve the original language structure, word order, and literal meaning as closely as possible. The goal is to provide a faithful representation of the source that is the original biblical text by maintaining a strong correspondence between the words and phrases of the original language and the translated version. In a formal equivalence translation, the primary goal is to preserve the original wording, syntax, and grammar, even if it results in sacrificing the natural flow of reading and language in the target or translated language. As a result, these types of translations convey the exact meaning of the source or original text, which gives readers insight into the style and structure of the source language. Now, this this approach is often used in translations that prioritize accuracy and precision, especially in contexts where it is important to study the nuances of the original text. Such translations are valued for their ability to capture specific details, cultural references, and literary devices that are present in the original language. While formal equivalent translations strive to maintain a literal rendering of the source text, you must remember that perfect literalness, if you will, is not always possible. Translators have to make adjustments to ensure that the text remains comprehensible and idiomatic in the target language. Formal equivalent translations are particularly beneficial for individuals engaged in in-depth Bible study, academic research, and textual analysis. They are invaluable tools that you can use for comparing and contrasting various versions of the Bible, conducting word studies, and so you can understand the precise language used in the original manuscripts. But it's important to note that formal equivalent translations may require additional effort from readers to grasp the intended meaning fully, as you might encounter some linguistic structures or idiomatic expressions that differ from your language. In other words, like I mentioned earlier, it won't be so easy to read. So they're not always the most accessible or easy to read Bibles, especially if you're doing it for casual devotional reading, or if you have a limited knowledge of the Hebrew, Greek, or Aramaic, which is the original language of scripture. Formal equivalent translation provide accuracy, maintain a word-for-word correspondence with the original text, and they're highly valued for their faithfulness to the original language. They are also valuable resources for people who want to understand in detail the original text and the specific linguistic nuances that they contain. Now, let me highlight some of the strengths and weaknesses of formal equivalent Bible translations. The strengths are accuracy, precision, and familiarity. So regarding accuracy, formal equivalent translations strive to maintain the original meaning and wording of the text, which makes them valuable for in-depth study and analysis. So if you really wanna understand scripture and have as much insight into the original language and the original text as possible, formal equivalence is a great resource. And that goes along with precision. So by adhering closely to the source language, formal equivalent translations preserve the specific details, nuances, and idiomatic expressions found in the original text. As such, as I mentioned earlier, they may not Read The the flow of reading may not be very natural, but if you just read it slowly and you're intentional about your reading, then it will be easier to understand. Not only that, if you read other translations, you'll be able to put two and two together and it will be much easier to grasp the, the formal equivalent translation. And then lastly, familiarity is another strength. Formal equivalent translations often maintain a sense of linguistic continuity with traditional translations, which makes them feel comfortable and familiar to readers who are accustomed to certain phrases or terminology. Here are some of the weaknesses. The first, as I've reiterated throughout this, is it's difficult to read. So due to their literal approach, which we said is not perfect, but as as close as as possible, formal equivalent translations can be challenging to read and understand, especially for people who are not familiar with the original language, Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic, or people who have low biblical knowledge, also people with varying degrees of reading ability and comprehension. So these kinds of Bible translations can be difficult to read. And even if you are a well-read person, since they're, the primary aim is to be as close to the original text as possible, it could still be challenging to read, and that's why I always encourage you to read slowly, be intentional about what you're reading, and read multiple translations. It may even help to listen to it, because you may hear something more clearly and grasp it more fully if you listen to it, as opposed to just reading it. Another weakness is lack of clarity. So strict adherence to word for word translation can occasionally result in a loss of clarity as idiomatic expressions or cultural reference references may not be easily understood in the English language or whatever the target language is. And then the less natural language, in addition to not flowing naturally in your language. And for my sake, that would be English. uh, The focus on accuracy and faithfulness to the original text could lead to more rigid or less idiomatic language that does not flow naturally in the English language or Spanish language, et cetera. I would like to add to that also that, you know, the rules of language vary among cultures, among ethnicities. So what may flow naturally in the English language may not flow naturally in Spanish that is spoken in Mexico as opposed to Spanish that is spoken in Spain or it may not flow naturally in Mandarin or in um French or these kind of things. So translation is a difficult task and we have to show respect to the people who have done this extensive work and continue to do this extensive work to make sure that the scripture is available to us in multiple languages all over the world. But it is something that you, we have to keep in mind that when you're reading this particular type of translation, the formal equivalence, it can be difficult. It, there may not be a natural flow in your language. So as I've said, if it's possible, you have access to other translations, I encourage you to read and listen to them multiple times so that you can grasp the meaning of the text. Now, here are some of the English Bible translations that are known for using formal equivalence or literal translation approach. We have the King James Version, which is also known as the Authorized King James Version. This is one of the most well-known and widely used formal equivalence translations. We have New American Standard Bible. It's highly regarded for its commitment to literal and word-for-word translation approach. We have the English Standard Version. It seeks to maintain the literal meaning and structure of the original text while also considering readability. We have the Revised Standard Version, the New Revised Standard Version. We have the Christian Standard Bible, which was formerly known as the Holman Christian Standard Bible, and it combines elements of formal equivalence and dynamic equivalence, but it leans more toward the formal equivalent approach. We have the New King James Version as I already mentioned, and we have the Amplified Bible. Some people may say Amplified does not qualify. Some people, even in video I did, I placed it as a paraphrase. But um, the, the aim of Amplified, according to them, is to provide an expanding understanding of the original text by including additional words and phrases that may capture the original meaning of the text. Now, regardless of all of that, we also need to keep in mind that while these translations lean more toward formal equivalence, they may also incorporate some elements of dynamic equivalence, functional equivalence, and all of that for the sake of readability. Translation approaches can vary within a single version, depending on the translation team's specific translation philosophy, goals, experience, all the details that go into translating. Now, here are some of the best ways to use formal equivalent translations. Detailed study, we talked about this a moment ago, formal equivalent translations are valuable for scholarly study, textual analysis, and comparative study of different translations. Another great use for formal equivalents is to conduct language and exegetical studies. These translations are helpful for people who are trying to learn Hebrew, Greek, or Aramaic, the source language, and conduct linguistic analysis of the biblical text. It is especially useful to use formal equivalent study Bibles. So like the English Standard Version has a study Bible. Many of these have study Bibles, so it would be helpful to use that and also to combine that with an interlinear Bible. So again, you can compare the text and see how it flows and grasp the linguistic aspects of it. And then finally, these are also very beneficial for cross-referencing. So formal equivalent translations provide a reliable baseline for comparing and cross-referencing with other translations, which then allows you to delve deeper into the original wording and meaning of the text. Formal equivalent translations are valuable for people who seek accuracy, linguistic precision, and a close connection to the original language of the Bible. And while it may require more effort to read and understand these texts, they do offer a solid foundation for in-depth study and exploration of the biblical text. The second type of translation is a functional or dynamic equivalent translation. Functional or dynamic equivalent translations, also known as functional equivalence or thought for thought translation, is an approach to translation that focuses on conveying the meaning and intent of the original text in a natural way in the receiver's language. So they want it to be understandable and readable in the language that they're translating to. So like I mentioned, I'm covering English translation, so they want it to be natural in the English language. The goal is to capture the dynamic or functional equivalent of the source text rather than provide a strict word for word rendering the dynamic. Equivalent translation emphasizes ensuring that the translated text communicates the same overall message and impact as the original text, even if they have to rephrase or reorganize the content to fit the linguistic and cultural context of the target language. The translators seek to express the underlying thoughts, concepts, and ideas in a way that is meaningful and understandable to the intended audience. This often involves adapting the language, sentence structure, idiomatic expressions, and cultural references of the Hebrew or Greek to make them more accessible and relatable to people who are reading English translations, for example. As such, the translator may also use explanatory additions or clarifications to help convey the intended meaning. Dynamic equivalent translations are often chosen for their readability and ability to communicate the essence of the original text in a way that resonates with contemporary readers. They are particularly suitable for casual or devotional reading, for public worship, and to help you grasp the general biblical message. As such, different translators may have varying degrees of freedom in expressing that meaning, which can lead to slight variations among different dynamic equivalent translations. Basically, they're interpreting the text for you so that you can understand it, but their interpretation may not actually capture accurately or fully, if you will, the original text, specifically the meaning behind the text. So that's something to look out for. Dynamic equivalent translations aim to balance accuracy and readability, making them accessible to a diverse range of readers, including those who have limited biblical knowledge, limited understanding, or knowledge of the Hebrew, Greek. In Aramaic, the original language, and people who are unfamiliar with the cultural context of scripture. They provide a smooth and natural reading experience, allowing us to grasp the central ideas and concepts of scripture without the hindrance that happens by linguistic and cultural barriers created by the distance of time, distance of language, distance of culture, and all those factors. Dynamic equivalent translations provide a contemporary and reader-friendly rendition of the biblical message, which makes the scripture accessible to a diverse range of readers that you can use for personal study, devotion, and just to help you with general comprehension of scripture. Now, here are some of the strengths and weaknesses of dynamic equivalent translations. One strength is readability. Dynamic equivalent translations prioritize readability and it makes the text easier to read and comprehend. So whether you have limited biblical knowledge, whether you're a young person who's unfamiliar with scripture, even if you have no insight into the historical cultural context of scripture, if you struggle with reading, these kinds of translations are readily accessible, easier to grasp. The other thing is clarity. So along those lines, making it easier to understand by focusing on conveying the meaning and intent of the original text, dynamic equivalent translations often provide a clear understanding of the message, especially when it comes to dealing with culturally specific or challenging passages. It makes it clear for you. That may be part of that translator's interpretation that comes into play. So you just have to weigh it. And as I said, compare it with other translations, read other translations to grasp the full meaning. But that's one of the benefits that come with reading a dynamic equivalent translation. A third strength is applicability. These translations seek to bridge the gap between ancient biblical context and the modern reader, which makes the text more relevant and applicable to contemporary life. But there are some weaknesses of dynamic equivalent translation, such as one interpretive nature. The translation process does involve some degree of interpretation, and it may introduce the translator's biases or theological viewpoints, their own perspective, what we refer to as presuppositions and assumptions. We all know that when we read the Bible, we all present with assumptions and presuppositions, et cetera. It's something that can't be helped. And naturally, even a very skilled translator, has their own biases, their own presuppositions, et cetera. That is why rather than tossing out certain Bibles and rendering them useless, it's important for you to use discernment and to have ex- access to multiple translations. So again, you can grasp the full meaning of the text and understand the, orig- the context, the original language to the best of your ability. And then if it's possible, it also helps to learn the original language, the Hebrew and the Greek. And if you can't learn it formally by taking a Greek class or Hebrew, biblical Greek or Hebrew, then go get an interlinear Bible and just refer to that and keep studying so you can grasp the full meaning. The other weakness is potential loss of precision. In pursuit of readability and conveying meaning, dynamic equivalent translations may sacrifice the precision of specific words or phrases that are found in the source text, which results in a loss of the nuance and depth that you would get from a formal equivalent translation and obviously the original. So if you're doing an in-depth exegetical study or a word study, you may not want to use a dynamic equivalent translation or You wouldn't want it to be your uh, primary source for that kind of study because of this loss of precision. Nevertheless, it is still useful to incorporate it into your study as it helps you understand the meaning further. And then lastly, another weakness is regarding cultural and historical context. The emphasis on clarity and accessibility and dynamic equivalent translations could reduce the cultural historical context by potentially obscuring some aspects of the original setting. And again, that's because of the desire to make it more readable. So here are some English Bible translations that are known for using a functional dynamic equivalent approach. We have the New Living Translation. It emphasizes dynamic equivalent, seeking to convey the meaning and the intent of the original text, but in a clear and contemporary language. This is one translation that I recommend reading because it is very much easy to read, but you'll notice as you read it, it does definitely interpret the text. So if you took the, the New Living Translation and read the English Standard Version side by side, you can see that the English Standard Version is clearly communicating the original text, whereas the New Living Translation, though it is communicating its meaning of the original text, it's also just telling you what it means. Like I almost feel like I don't have to do the interpretation phase when I'm reading the NLT because it literally is interpreting it for me. So that's just something to be cautious of. Then the another um, functional di- dynamic equivalent translation is the contemporary English version. It employs this approach and again it aims to express the meaning of the original text in a way that's simple and understandable we have the good news translation or the today's english version um it also utilizes the functional equivalent approach the aim is to create a natural reading flow while conveying the meaning of the original text another familiar one is the new international version it is not strictly a functional equivalent translation it does incorporate the elements of the functional and the formal equivalent so that it has clarity and so that it's readable we also have the new century version the message the message some people and I think I even said this in my bible translation video the message is often referred to as a paraphrase but it does have some dynamic equivalent translation in it and the whole aim is to present the scriptures in a highly readable and accessible contemporary language the message is a translation or version of the bible that cracks me up when i read it it sounds like it was written for us again you want to read multiple translations while you're studying the bible because you're not going to be able to study the bible in depth especially for like an exegetical in-depth inductive study if you're using the message but it does help you understand the meaning and it may even hit you a different way than if you were just to read the ESV by itself for example we have the common english bible which combines elements of functional equivalence and mediating translation to strike a balance between accuracy and readability. And then we have the new English translation, which utilizes a combination of formal, dynamic, and functional equivalents to provide clarity and readability while also maintaining accuracy. These translations convey the meaning and intent of the original text in a way that is easily understood by modern readers, often using contemporary language and idiomatic expressions. However, the extent of the dynamic equivalents can vary among these translations, with some leaning more toward formal equivalent in certain passages. Now, here are some of the best uses for dynamic equivalent translations. The first, definitely the devotional reading. These translations are well-suited for a personal devotional reading because they allow you to easily grasp and apply the intended message to your life. So as I said, one example is the New Living Translation. It does a lot of interpreting for you, but it's very easy to read and you won't find yourself stumbling for lack of understanding. So it's great for a devotional reading and it is good for study, which is the next use for a dynamic equivalent translation. You can use it for group study or teaching. Dynamic equivalent translations are helpful in group study settings, facilitating discussions and fostering understanding among participants with varying levels of biblical knowledge and I would argue reading ability. So this is something that would be great for self-study, but also for studying with a group and leading a a teaching. If you are working with people who are unfamiliar with scripture or don't like reading or don't read very well, then the NLT is a great um, Bible to get started with. And it's, it keeps you engaged because it reads so well, but it doesn't lose, I don't think it loses the context, even though there's some interpretation there. And then also it's beneficial for outreach and missionary work. So when you're engaging with individuals or communities that are less familiar with biblical language or concepts, dynamic equivalent translations can help communicate the gospel in a more accessible manner. So in summary, dynamic equivalent translations provide a readable and relatable presentation of the Bible by communicating the meaning and message in a contemporary and understandable way. While they may involve some interpretation on the part of the translators, they offer accessibility and relevance for diverse readers, which is absolutely important, especially if you want to get into the habit of reading the Bible and studying it. This may be a great type of translation to get into. And then the third primary type of translation is called mediating or balance. A mediating or balanced translation provides formal equivalence word-for-word or dynamic equivalent, thought-for-thought translation methods. The primary goal of these type of translations is to combine the strengths of both approaches to produce a translation that is accurate, readable, and faithful to the original text. The goal of mediating or balanced translations is to increase readability and create a natural flow of reading in the target language. So by considering the context, culture, and intended audience, The translators of these type of texts provide a translation that is both accurate and accessible to modern readers. The success of mediating translation lies in the translator's skill and expertise in striking the right balance between formal and dynamic equivalents. It requires that they have a deep understanding of both the source and target languages and the ability to make informed decisions about effectively conveying the original meaning of scripture. In mediating translation, the translator considers the specific characteristics of the source language, which is the language of the original text, and the target language, which is the language of the translation, to determine the most appropriate translation strategy for each passage or verse. Now, some passages may benefit from a more literal rendering to preserve the original wording and convey the precise details and nuances of the original text. However, there are instances where a more dynamic rendering is needed to ensure clarity and relevance in the target language. For example, Translators may employ the mediating or balanced approach when translating complex or idiomatic passages, poetry, metaphorical language, where a strict word for word approach would basically make it awkward and confusing and cause you to lose the meaning of the text. So by carefully navigating between the literal and dynamic translation methods, the translators aim to capture the essence and intent of the original text while making it understandable and relatable to the target audience. So not only do they have to understand the target language, they have to understand the original language well and grasp the full context of it so that they can accurately communicate that in whatever tongue that they translate the text to. So there's there's a lot that goes into it. And we have a lot to be grateful for. that There are people who geek out over this and do this for us. It's a blessing. Having said that, here are some of the strengths of mediating or balanced translations. The first strength is balance. Mediating translations strive to balance the accuracy of formal equivalence with the readability and clarity of dynamic equivalence. They aim to provide a translation that is faithful to the original text and easily understood by modern readers. The second strength is readability. Mediating translations prioritize readability and seek to use natural language and idiomatic expressions to make the text accessible to a wide range of readers. Then the third is contextual understanding. By considering the context of the original biblical text and the intended audience, mediating translations capture the author's intended meaning and convey it effectively in the way that is translated. There are also some weaknesses of mediating translations. Among those are interpretation issues. Like dynamic equivalent translations, mediating translations involve some level of translator interpretation, which again could introduce their theological biases or viewpoints. Another weakness, the same as the one we just covered is loss of precision while mediating translations aim to balance accuracy and readability there may still be instances where the precise nuances or word choices from the original text are lost and then there's just varied results so the term mediating encompasses a wide range of translation approaches so the quality and effectiveness of a mediating translation can vary depending on the specific translation and the translators involved so here are some of the english bible translations that are known for using a mediating or balanced translation approach one of those is the new revised standard version it seeks to balance formal equivalence and dynamic equivalence aiming for accuracy and accessibility. We have the Christian standard Bible follows an optimal equivalence philosophy by combining word for word and thought for thought translation methods, again, to ensure accuracy and readability. We have the English standard version, which I mentioned earlier, new American standard Bible, revised English Bible, the new living translation, the common English Bible and the, and the new Jerusalem Bible. You can look at all of those on the um, Bible gateway website and there are under Bible versions, they also provide a link to the original, the publisher's website. And there you can read their translation philosophy. But you have heard me mention some of these translations under the other categories. And so that's because they vary in the specific approach and methods. And again, they may combine different elements of translation methods into this, but this is just an example of that. So I encourage you to go read the translation philosophy of all of those Bibles and look at BibleGateway.com for more. So here are some of the best uses for mediating translations. One, for studying and teaching. They are well-suited to use for personal or group study and teaching environments where a balance of accuracy and readability is most beneficial. And I know you may argue, when is it not? But the point is you want to be, make sure that you read a text or Teach a text that will help people understand what you're talking about and that will promote engaging discussions. So if you read a text that's too hard for people to understand or to follow, then they won't be able to engage in a meaningful discussion or you won't even be able to study the text accurately because you don't understand it. So these are great translations for that. Along those lines, personal reading. Mediating translations are great for devotional reading because, again, they help you grasp the meaning of the text while maintaining the accuracy of the original context and purpose. And then Also, for cross-denominational use, these can be beneficial in settings that involve readers from various denominational backgrounds because they strive to find common ground and provide a translation that is accessible and acceptable to a broad range of Christians. Some people may see that as a weakness. It depends on your viewpoint, but, you know, Christians are supposed to be one I really wish we could get rid of denominations, but that's just not our reality right now. But if we want to find a common ground, we got to meet people where they're at and um, strive to read Bible that is understandable by all and that doesn't deter them because there's something in it that, that doesn't align with their denomination or that they don't understand. So if we look at this from that strength-based perspective, then it is good that we can use this cross-denominationally to make it acceptable, if you will. But I I challenge us to get on one accord and recognize The Bible has one message, and we should all be sharing and communicating and believing in that one message about Jesus Christ. But I won't go there today. So in summary, mediating translations provide the accuracy of formal equivalents and the readability of dynamic equivalents. They uphold faithfulness through the original text while considering the needs and understanding of contemporary readers. In addition, mediating translations are versatile and can be used in various settings among people with varying degrees of biblical literacy. And those are the three primary types of Bible translations. I'm going to talk about the different translations in detail. And so you can decide for yourself which Bible translations you want to begin reading. And you'll just have more information about it. So that's all I have for you today. God bless.